Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. To you, best hitter. Best hitter. I told you. I'm not going to go against Mike Trout until someone proves me wrong. So okay. I've got to go down as that's one of the greatest of all time. What he's done, you know, so far has been incredible. And, you know, he's still got a lot of years left. Um, I'm not going to stick to that. Somebody could, could talk me out of it. It's not like I'm. there's a lot of guys you can put up there. But, you know, he's my favorite guy. You know what isn't boring? Watching Paul Goldschmidt hit. And you know what else isn't boring? Watching baseball. That's what we did all weekend. That's what we're going to do all week, and that's why we're going to have this podcast. Baseball isn't boring. Thank you, FanDuel, for being part of our family. That You are so valued and so appreciated and so awesome. You know what else is awesome? Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, listen to him talking about hitting is something else. And t- today's podcast, we got on Goldschmidt. I sit down with Goldschmidt. I sit down. I don't stop there. I sit down with Wilson Contreras, talk all of that chaos that happened on Saturday with him baiting or goading Kenley Jansen into a pitch clock violation. There seems to be something every single day when it comes to these new rules of people firing a way to sort of manipulate them. He was right. I mean, there was a rule. Basically, what happened was he wasn't in the batter's box and Kenley Jansen was ready to pitch. You got to wait for him to be in the batter's box. There you go. And then chaos ensued. But uh, we'll play Contreras for you in a second, explaining exactly what happened, which goes uh, plan he had going back to spring training. And also to finish things off, I sat down with Nolan Arenado. I don't know if you know him. You may be familiar with his work. He's really, really good as well. I mean, really, really good. Because And when someone's really, really good, what do we do? We talk shoes. 
We had a podcast earlier in spring training talking to Trevor Story, breaking down his shoe selection, his shoe design, former teammate of Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story. And Trevor told us, hey, you got to talk to Nolan Arenado about shoes. So that's what we did. And I also explained to him the plot of the new movie air. So there you go. You know what else happened? There were some awesome home run calls, like this one from Marty Gellner. This was an excellent, excellent home run call. Larnick. Swing and a blast. Right there. go, Marty. Go. Hey, that one's gone. Hey, better call Mama. Woohoo! On Day, no less. Larnick, the line drive. Two run home run to right field. And you know what he's going to do after this game tonight, fellas? He's going to go home and he's going to call oh, his, his mama. mama. Woohoo! All right, welcome back, Marty. I know that. She had a health scare, so uh, we welcome back. And again, that was just, just such a beautiful home run call. Uh, you know what else is beautiful sometimes? A bench-clearing brawl. I'm not going to lie to you. It just is. It just is. It spices things up. It tells you the weather's getting warmer. And there wasn't a brawl, but Bryce Harper got ejected because he went after Colorado pitcher Jake Bird after Bird clapped his gloves, flapped his wings and clapped his gloves. Here's here's the call on that on the Phillies radio broadcast. Inning is over. Oh, now we got some trouble going. Well, Bryce Harper's going to have to be held back. Jake Bird started saying something. Harper's not happy about it. He's pushing Diaz. Watch the elbow. JT's coming over as well. They're telling, yeah, Jake Bird must have said something as he was going off the fields. I mean, for somebody that threw more pitches out of the strike zone than in the strike zone, he's fortunate that he was able to get out of it without any problems. And now Diaz is pushing Harper again. Harper pushes back again. And now it looks like cooler heads have prevailed, but Harper is still red hot. hot. So is Schwarber. All right, well, here's what Harper said after this. So I get emotional. I understand getting fired up for an inning and stuff like that. But once you make it about a team or make it about yourself and the other team, that's when I kind of got a problem. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? You might want to go back and listen to the Alex Verdugo uh, conversation I had when he was talking about Alec Manoa. You, you remember that one. So, like I said, weather gets warmer. People get a little bit more fired up. We're getting in June. Here we go. Uh, as we said, also, there wasn't a brawl. There wasn't any bench-clearing brawl in the in the Wilson Contreras incident with Kenley Jansen. But there was a lot of confusion. Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, you had Contreras actually admitting and explaining this was a plan, this whole thing of trying to um, use the new rules to its advantage goes all the way back to spring training. But, you know, when things happen like this, when controversy rears its head... We get to the bottom of it. That's why I sought out Contreras, and I asked him about it. Here you go. Just talk about like how long it takes, you're a smart player, how long it takes to study something like that at the end of the game. Well, um, I always, since the, the rule was implemented, I try, I, I practice it during, the, during spring training mm-hmm. about it. I've been talking to the teammates about it, like to take advantage of it, especially with guiding bases. So last night was nothing different, but I was just waiting for the clock to come down to nine to eight, nine eight seconds that mm-hmm. allows me to get ready mm-hmm. to face face a pitcher. Um, obviously, a guy like ex- experienced guys like Jansen, that is his first year pitching with a clock. He has his rhythm, and I was just, I was just trying to <clears throat> uh, interrupt his rhythm. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, just waiting, patient for the clock to come down to eight, and it, it happened to to bug me twice. Was that the first time? You, I, sorry for not knowing, because that was a, you said you were working on spring training, but was that the first time you tried? Try it in a game? No, no. no I mean, I, I'm actually, it. I'm actually do, I do, I do that regularly on, on okay. daily basis. I do that a lot, and, and a lot, a lot of pitchers don't like it. But I mean, it's not my fault. It's just a rule that's the rules, right? And, and I'm not trying to do respect anybody or, or being a different player. I'm just taking advantage of what what I've been given. Did the rules, like you said. Kenley's an experienced guy, but nobody's experienced now. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's We're true. all trying to figure this out. Yeah, and so is it almost like when you're sitting? How does I'm just anxious? Like in spring training, you're sitting around. You like baseball. You're thinking about how or can I use this? Yes, I'm. Uh, I mean, I just so just watching the tempo of the guys. Yeah. And you can tell when the guys is when the guys rushing. That's there's the best way to but was to it, implement it. Was it like just a day in spring training, like? Yeah, it was just like a different day in spring training. I knew that he wanted to pitch, like to find his rhythm because mm-hmm. he's he lost his rhythm the night before, and he was trying to find his rhythm uh, yesterday. And we also like playing a smart base, but just let him come down. And if he walked, if, if he bought me, he bought me. He did it twice. Do you think there's more stuff there? Like what? more? We're always figuring out. It's something every day. I mean, no. I think that, that that's it. I that's think, it. Uh, with the, with the pitch clutch, you, you have to if you're a hitter. <laughs> And you want to slow the game down, you have to take advantage of it and, and, and also know when to use your timeout because you only have one. All right, let's get back to Goldschmidt. I love watching this guy hit. I love watching him hit. He is really good. He won. You know how I know? Because he won the MVP last year. But it's not only that. He also has two second-place MVP votes. He's one-third. He's six. I mean, the guy is going to be in the Hall of Fame, no question about it. So I wanted to talk to about who he thought was the best hitter. And you heard at the outset of this podcast who he thought was um, his guy, his choice. So I, I felt like I right now, I don't know if I could give a, like, there's too many good hitters where you say, here's my top five hitters. But I'm going to give you five guys who, as a pitcher, I wouldn't want to face right now. Uh, and I'm not going to give him any, this isn't any order, this is five guys. The guy Rich Hill, the guy Rich Hill on this podcast said is the best hitter he's ever seen. Luis Arise from the Marlins, he's on my list. I'll give him put him on my list. Trout, Trout Goldschmidt's guy, he's on my list. That's two. I'm going to put Goldschmidt on my list. That's three. And here's two. Every time I see Jordan Alvarez get up, man, he he does something. I I don't know. Like he's on my list. I don't want to face Jordan Alvarez. And the guy who hit a 470-foot home run just the other day and then basically ran backwards around the bases, Ronald Acuna Jr., he, listen, for the the next Luis Soto, uh, for the next Soto, that's, that's, forget about the next Soto. Soto might be the next Acuna Jr. I don't know. Soto's coming on now. But Acuna Jr., he's on my list. So in synopsis, arise. Trout, Goldschmidt, Alvarez, Acuna Jr. Those are the five guys I don't want to face right now. Not that I get a chance. But don't listen to me. Listen to a guy who won the MVP last year. Here is Paul Goldschmidt talking about hitters. And after him, we're going to talk to Nolan Arenado about shoes. Well, I tell you, J.D. Martinez identifies you as one of the better hitters in baseball. Um, What does that mean to you? 
and what do you, when you when you played together, what did you play off each other? What did you learn from each other? You think? Well, that's a huge compliment because I would say JD's one of the best hitters and probably the smartest hitter in the league. I don't know if there's a guy who works harder and studies more. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing I took from him is just I learned so much about my swing and just about the baseball swing in general. You know what he does. He was very good at explaining it, and, then, and also how you know pitchers are attacking hitters. Um, you know, during my career, there's definitely been kind of a, a big change in this game. Kind of when I started out, was everyone was kind of that old school way, and then analytics were kind of first getting introduced, and, and now that's really you know the main way. Um, and so JD was was on the forefront of, of that, and he was kind of looking ahead, and so that was you know one of my first introductions, especially to that part of the game, and so to learn from him um, definitely help you know jumpstart in the way that I uh, look at hitting and, and study pitchers and study myself as well. If you had to say, if you grab the young hitter now, like you said, it's changed, right? I said, okay, kid, you're gonna. I, I want to help you. And there's a million things going through these guys' heads. There's a million analytics. There's a million instructors and everything. If you had, what's the first thing you would say to a young hitter in the major leagues? I mean, they're coming up and, and in the major leagues with all the information. I think hitting is still you got to keep it simple. So I think that would be the first thing. Of course, you got to know yourself. You got to know your strengths and weaknesses. You know, there's a million that you can do all. You know, the numbers can tell you I struggle with this. So, but if you work on that, you might lose what your strength is. So, knowing what you're good at, mm-hmm. you know, is very important so that you can make sure you stay good at that. Obviously, you're working on maybe some places you struggle, but nobody hits every pitch. Nobody can do everything. There's not a pitcher that can do that. There's not a hitter that can do it. So, I think when you start to understand maybe strengths and weaknesses, um, that can kind of give you a roadmap of what you might want to work on and focus on. And um, like I said, keeping it simple just because when you get in the box, it's a reaction. There's <laughs> a lot going on. Yeah, right? and I mean, yeah. I think anytime the analytics are making something more complicated, they're probably not the stuff you should be looking at or you're understanding it in the wrong way. So I think analytics do a great job of telling you what's happening. As a hitter, you need to understand why that's happening and what maybe the adjustment is. And, but it definitely has to be simplifying the game because, uh, you know, the worst thing you can do is be, be thinking too much in the play. So the, the, uh, we talked to Brandon Marsh, and he said in spring training, said this the new rules might be good, right, because you just have to go up there and you have to think. You don't have to think too much. Do you feel like that's how it is now, where, you, like, all the preparation, and then when you get in there now, it's – do you in other words, do you feel any different, I guess, now? For me, I was a guy who barely left the box anyway, and – it really hasn't affected anything that I've done. So it's been an easy transition for me. And I think there's definitely guys that maybe took a longer time in between pitches or between at-bats. Um, but I never really – it so, hasn't affected me. Yes, yeah, but more in terms of, like, all the stuff in your head. Like, you're – so you just – like I said, you're just going up there just keeping it simple. You always have. Yeah, that's yeah. what I try to do. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. It's part of this game. There's a lot of failure involved, and um, dealing with that is a big part of this game as well. Understanding, even if you're great, you're gonna fail more times than you succeed, and just uh, dealing with that. Who's been the most impactful person for you as a hitter? Turner Ward, our hitting coach right now. I had him all the way back in Double A. He was my hitting coach in Arizona. Uh, him and I are, are very, very close. Call him like a second dad. So on and off the field, he's had a tremendous impact on on me and my career. And 
pop something for that he's here in St. Louis with me. I had asked you this in the All-Star game. You don't remember probably because you have like a, a 45 minutes of people asking you questions. But I asked you, so well, how you fell in love with the game. You had, and you, it was actually for a book that just came out, a damn near perfect game. And you had one of the best answers. I don't, I can't tell you exactly what it was, but I know it's probably in your head still. And I just wanted to sort of feel like why you fell in love with the game, like what's so great about this game. It's a good question. I mean, I do remember uh, my first ever baseball practice when my parents, you know, they didn't want to be the parents that were going to, like, force force their kids to do something, but they really wanted me to try baseball. And um, for whatever reason, I was playing soccer, and, you know, my mom was like, hey, we just go to one practice and, you know, see if you like it. I remember getting in her minivan and saying, Mom, I love baseball. So I don't know if that was the story I said. That was the story. Yeah, but, yeah. It's uh, a good story. You know, it's all, it's <laughs> yeah. all, you know, history from there. I mean, I never dreamed in a million years I'd still be playing it however old I am, 36 now, I think, and or 35, and I don't even know how old I am, but, uh, you know, it's pretty crazy, so uh, I love it every day, it's um, such a great game, you know, very challenging, but uh, very rewarding as well. Another thing I remember is you have your son with you, <laughs> and do you re- do you think that baseball's doing a better job at drawing, how old's your son? He's seven. So, of drawing in kids like him? That's a good question. I don't know. I loved it from the first moment. Yeah, so I yeah. don't know why kids aren't loving it now. Yeah. So I never had a problem trying to love it. I watched I watched it on TV with my dad and my brothers and played it in the street. So um, I, 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 I couldn't tell you. Okay, I, last thing. I know that you said at the beginning you listed a bunch of names. To you, best hitter. Best hitter. Yeah, I told you. I, I'm not going to go against Mike Trout until someone proves me wrong. So okay. that guy could go down as that's one of the greatest of all time. What he's done, you know, so far has been incredible. And you know, he's still got a lot of years left. Um, I'm not going to stick to that. Somebody could, could talk me out of it. It's not like I'm. there's a lot of guys you can put up there. But, you know, he's my favorite guy. Talent wise, work ethic wise, something he does? Everything. I love the way he plays the game. Obviously, I love his swing. I think, you know, what has he got? Three MVPs right now. He probably could have six or seven if, you know, maybe people got tired of voting for him. And, um, man, I'm just, his at bats are so good. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm a little biased towards right handed hitters because I can watch, you know, watch them and, and maybe try to emulate them. Um, but just that, I mean, playing with Albert last year, cool. I mean, that was incredible. I was on deck when he hit number 699, 700. That'll be a moment I'll never forget. I mean, what he did, you could, I know he's retired now, but I, I don't know if there's ever uh, the, a better hitter. The run you went on, the baseball reference page doesn't lie, man. So there's so many great hitters, and that was just really cool to be a part of. Well, I appreciate the time. Thank yes. you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, well, there you go. I love talking hitting with MVPs. I also love talking shoes with really, really good baseball players who like talking about shoes. 
because you know this is as you listen to this podcast we've cited a million times and we cited again in this conversation MLB finally 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 just a few years ago understood you got to let the you got to let the guys wear whatever shoes they want because the kids look at the shoes you got to draw them in got to draw them in as you find out found out how that how Nolan Arenado was drawn into loving shoes and loving basketball was because of shoes that a certain player was wearing. Oh, I don't want to spoil it. All right. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing, rating, reviewing, listening. At BB isn't boring. Producer Evan, awesome job. Quote cards, videos, the whole ball of wax. Excellent job. And, of course, Father's Day. Now we have Mother's Day in the rear view. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Happy Mother's Day, Mom, Bonnie Bradford, and my wife, Jen Bradford. Now we have that in the rear view. Here comes Father's Day, and there's no better way to celebrate Father's Day than what? Buying a book. A damn near perfect game. It's red hot. It's the best gift you can give a dad. But here's the best gift I can give everybody who loves players talking about shoes, and that's Nolan Arenado. So when when was the first time that you sort of fell in love with with that? I don't know when to call it a hobby because it's more than a hobby. I don't know. You know, I think when, the first time I think when uh, when Kobe when Kobe Bryant came out with some shoes, I think that's the first time I started falling in love with shoes, and I try to get all the Kobe's I could. Um, Kobe's my Kobe's my favorite basketball player. Um, you know, being from you know California and uh, growing up a Laker fan. You know, uh, every coat. You know, I I just love the Kobe's, and uh, they've always felt good. And once he came out with this shoe, I always wanted to try wearing them. And, you know they were expensive at the time when I was young, so I couldn't get them. But uh, once I once I signed to play pro ball, I had some money to go spend on them, so I was like really excited about it. But Kobe's are usually my favorite. There's a few Air Maxes that I like, but uh, for sure the Kobe's. And we talked to Trevor Story, and he took great pains in designing his. Yeah. Play. Are you that guy? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I like to take my time with my shoe and. Uh, the great thing about Nike is uh, they usually send me the shoe for the following year. Like, they'll send it to me in like August, you know, because I want to like take my time and, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I want to make sure I get it right. And so they know that, you know, I've been with them for a while now, so they know that I like to take my time with it. So uh, for sure, there's no doubt. I, try, I like there's little details in my shoe that I really like to take care of. We had asked this, I've asked this a bunch of people, Jazz Chisholm, a lot of guys. It's crazy to think that it wasn't that long ago where baseball said you have two colors, yeah. right? And, and and I remember David Price was the first person who said this, said, we're killing the demographic of baseball. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Like, because it, we don't realize, maybe the older demographic doesn't realize how important it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I think, you know, I'm personally not big on, like, uh, wearing a color so drastically different than your uniforms. Right. I like to make sure, like, there's some sort of, like, connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I do believe, like, you know, for a long time, like, you couldn't wear white cleats. You couldn't wear all gray cleats. It had to be red, you know, and then the base had to be red. You know, I'm, I'm kind of old school in the fact that I like that the base has to be red. I like that the bottom of my shoe has to be all white or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think I think it's great that the game's letting people just not wear whatever they want. I think it's important for people to, you know, just well, do what just they want. Well, just like you saw Kobe, right? Yeah, I mean, basketball, exactly. They, they wear yeah. any colors, you know, yeah. and I think that's cool. Um, like I said, I don't like when it's, like, too drastic, but... I think it's important for people to wear whatever they want and kind of represent, you know, what they like and who they are. Plus, do you see Air movie? I haven't seen it yet. No. Oh man, it's okay. great. Oh well, I mean, yeah, I, I would love to do a review with you. Really? Like, let's see. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, what part of the thing, real quick, is that 
that basketball at that time would only show well, you have to have white almost all white yeah. right so the way that Nike got in the door was that they said we're gonna do it um, red and black and we're gonna pay your fine every game wow I know that. Right? Yeah. So, but, but think about how far we've come. Like, I know. Uh, I know. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, this the last thing is, is because we do this baseball isn't boring thing. Yeah. There's no wrong answer to this. Why isn't baseball boring? Why isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think, I think when it comes to baseball, I think you're always going to see something at the ballpark that you probably have never seen before. That's one thing. And, uh, People have been saying that for years and years. And I don't know too many sports that can say that. You know, you're going to see some crazy stuff. And, uh, I think, if you know the details of the game, if you appreciate the game of baseball, and you watch, like, for instance, Chris Sale yesterday pitching and how good he was, like, you know, he didn't miss down in the zone all game. If you, like, saw, see those things, like, that's hard to do for eight innings. Mm-hmm. And he was able to maintain that. Or, you know, hitting a ball off a guy throwing 95, 96. Nobody knows how hard that is to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and all those making plays and how important, you know, putting pressure on the pitcher is and how how to win ball. There's, different, there's so many different ways to win a ball game mm-hmm. that – it's amazing to watch, and I think that's why baseball's not one. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I, uh, I look over at my dad, and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.